Welcome to Songs and Stories, the not-for-musicians-only music podcast. Well, hey there. Welcome once again to Songs and Stories. I'm Michael Gaither, and this is Songs and Stories, episode number 97. After a a long afternoon of playing with a computer that just would not mind, even though it's a Mac. Um, (laughs) That's my drama for the day. Behind the scenes, I had this great interview we're going to hear in about five minutes. And for some reason, my wonderful Mac with wonderful GarageBand loaded decided that halfway through the file, every single time, it just stopped hearing anything and I don't know what I did but I think it works and that's probably more than you need to know so let's just carry on. Uh, I am Michael Gaither this is Songs and Stories episode number 97. Thank you for joining me today or this evening or this afternoon or wherever you're time shifting this podcast into your listening time. I appreciate it. Uh, I'll do a little recap of what I've been up to and then we'll talk with um, today's really a couple of cool guests. I just came back from the American River Music Festival up in Coloma, California. And if you're a casual listener at all to this show, you'll know I've been raving about it for the last few episodes. But it's a it's a two-day, three-day music festival up on the American River, sort of east of Sacramento, about an hour away. And they combine you know, rafting and hiking with just a lot of great music during the day and at night. In fact, this year the main stage had Carla Bonoff, Slade Cleves, and Jesse Winchester, who I'd never seen before, surprisingly. I mean, kind of my kind of my songwriting oats are all sewed out of the 70s songwriter kind of movement. And I just really didn't know Jesse Winchester's material and saw him play on the main stage and was just loved it. And then we um, saw him play in the lodge on Saturday night. And for two hours, we were just captivated by this. He's this wonderful performer, Southern gentleman, very funny uh, and some, just some great, great songs. In fact, one thing I noticed myself doing is normally in these, kind of discovering a songwriter kind of moments. I usually walk up, introduce myself as a songwriter and figure out when I can interview this person. But I guess I wanted to keep it, I don't know, pure for lack of a better word, because I was so inspired by it. So I just bought a CD, had him sign it, shook his hand, and my wife and I both thanked him for the great tunes. And uh, I got to put some Jesse Winchester into my repertoire very soon. Also a big part of the festival that was fun for me was the Open Mic Songwriter Showcase on Friday night, which I got to MC and host again. It was, uh, boy, 18 acts, I think, each going for a coveted tweener spot on the main stage. And the three winners that night were uh, Mom Muse, a wonderful uh, duet out of the Bay Area, and um, Forrest Sun, great songwriter, and my buddy Dana Hubbard all got tweeners on the main stage that weekend. So again, a great festival, and if you, once you get a 2011 calendar, I highly recommend circling the third weekend of September and marking it for next year, because I'm sure it's going to be just as fun, if not funner. It seems to grow every year, and it's just a great little event. So that's the American River Music Festival in Coloma, California. So that was the um, the weekend of September 19th, 17th, 18th, something like that. Uh, that same weekend, uh, my friend Sherry Austin, who was the guest on the last episode of this, of this podcast, was doing her release party for Love Still Remains, her Kate Wolf tribute um, up at Don Quixote's Music Hall in Felton, California. And I failed to mention in that episode that she'll be doing a show with me, or I'll be doing a show with her, Sherry Austin and Steve Kritzer, on October 17th of this month at the Corlitas Cultural Center 
at 129 Hames Road in Watsonville. I've been doing putting on shows there since May, and they're really a lot of fun. Kind of combining it with uh, in the rounds of the performers, and then just kind of hosting sometimes too, kind of sharing it a little bit. And uh, it's going to be on October 17th in the round with Sherry Austin and Steve Kritzer. Oh, I'll be at the Far West Folk Conference middle of the month in Santa Clara, California, and um, doing some late night showcases. And I just found out I'm seeing one of their premiere showcases, so that will be a lot of fun. And then coming up at the end of the month, I'll be back up at Root on Smith Winery, where I do put on shows a couple of times a year. On October 30th, I'll be there for their Post Harvest Festival, along with the Bebby R. Scott Band, uh, Rob Hastings, wonderful local songwriter Michelle Chapel, and my band. So we'll be kind of doing a whole day of music at the winery at Root on Smith. Information on all that stuff is on my website at michaelgather.com. Just click on shows if you want some information about those events. Coming up the day after my Root on Smith show is a band I'm going to see up at Don Quixote's Music Hall in Felton, California. On October 31st, the band Cafe Music is doing a 1 p.m. Halloween show at Don Quixote's, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Cafe Music is a five-piece band out of uh, San Luis Obispo, Central Coast, California, and they combine, oh boy, swing, gypsy, jazz, tango, folk, Americana, kind of everything. They're a five-piece band, and they're really a lot of fun. They were through here, oh, I guess a couple of months ago, and they played my friend Marky Stark's Canyon Acoustic Society House Concert Series. And uh, I was going to go to the show, but a gig came up that night, which is always a good thing, but I missed their show. But I made a point to go out there and talk to them beforehand. In fact, I got to sit down and chat with Dwayne English, their accordion player, and Bryn Albany's their fiddle or violin player. I'm not sure which it is. I think it's the, because Bryn's classically trained, we'll just call it a violin. She's really good. But I got to talk with Bryn and... and and Dwayne about the evolution of the band, their new record, and kind of how Bryn came along to join the band. She wasn't an original member, and what they're up to and what their plans are. And as most of these interviews, as you probably know, kind of do, do, we started talking about music and the latest project, then we veered off into tangents. We covered everything from font sizes and CD booklets to selling you know, gift card-sized drop cards versus actual physical CDs. Um, I didn't unplug the phone in case you haven't noticed, but I have a phone machine and it picked up. Okay, technology does work sometimes, folks. There is hope. So let's hear a couple of things off um, their latest record. Cafe Music's newest record is called Catching Your Breath. It's her second release. Uh, let's hear a little bit of Chango Spango or Chango Spango, depending on how you pronounce it. And Dwayne English really kind of kicks us off with the accordion. And then we'll hear a little bit of... A Leonard Cohen cover, Hallelujah, one of my favorite songs, sung here by Piper Hasig, who plays percussion, ukulele, harp, and guitar, and flute in the band Cafe Music. We'll hear a little bit about that. And if technology holds up, cross your fingers, my Mac will accept the fact that the MP3 file I'm uploading as the interview is a valid file and will play the whole thing as part of this podcast. Won't that be exciting if it doesn't cut off the 10-minute mark? I have faith. I hope you do, too. Here we go. Here's Cafe Music and a chat with Dwayne and Bryn. Thank you. 
I've heard there was a secret chord that David played, and it pleased the Lord. You don't really care for music, do ya? Well, it goes like this: the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall, the major lift, the baffled king composing. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I did my best, but it wasn't much. I couldn't feel, so I tried to touch. I've told the truth. I didn't come to fool. And even though it all went wrong, I stand before the Lord of Song with nothing on my tongue but Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah. Sorry I know it's like that. finally I go. I guess it wasn't don't, purposeful. Though. I guess they don't want to talk. All right. Well, I like the CD. <laughs> People get well. You had some things come up that kind. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes life gets in the way. Yeah. The things you'd rather do, <laughs> or rather not do. Or rather not do. Right. right. Life so, is what happens when you're planning something else. Mm-hmm. That, that, That's um, the Lenin quote. Can, thank you. There life you is what happens when you're making other plans. There you are. Yeah. 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 It, it's certainly true. Then you get back to it. So, well, this is I love the new CDs. First of all, Cafe Music. Let's tell everybody who you are. And well, I'm Dwayne English, mm-hmm. and uh, I am the accordion player in Cafe Music. And and the band likes to introduce me as being the uh, the founder of mm-hmm. the band. Um, I actually co-founded it about five years ago with uh, two very good friends, mm-hmm. Ron Saul and Marlene Williams, uh, through uh, meeting each other at a musical lunch get-together. Um, a bunch of musicians get together on a mm-hmm. weekly basis from San Luis Obispo and have lunch and play music, Fine. believe it or not. And that's where our cross paths with a marvelous violinist, Marlene mm-hmm. Williams. And uh, we thought, wow, this is a neat sound, accordion uh, violin. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's how there the band started. Mm-hmm. And then about two years after and that, it works. It, it's really kind of a niche sound that we have, at least in California. Right, let's say. And, uh, uh, we're having a lot of fun with it. But Marlene, uh, for a variety of reasons, decided she didn't have the time to, mm-hmm. uh, to put into the band. And uh, when she decided uh, that she was going to, to leave, uh, I got on the phone to Brent. Hmm. <laughs> and I... I uh had Dwayne in my radar because his wife, Ingrid, played mm-hmm. viola in the little orchestra that I was playing in. 
after I moved back from the Netherlands, I mm-hmm. lived in the Netherlands for seven years, and I came full circle back to California after being being gone for, gosh, 20 years or something. Like so you're originally native of California? Yes, and okay. then I went over to Baltimore and Boston, and then mm-hmm. went further on to the Netherlands, and then came all the way back to California, and I, she said, I said, I love accordion. And um, and it gets a bad rap, you know, because <laughs> well, I love the accordion. Because in um, I had heard a lot of tango music, oh, and um, okay. I loved bandoneon, and I loved accordion. I loved all the street musicians that I saw in the Netherlands. I mean, mm-hmm. ones that would come over from Romania oh, okay. and Russia, and just um, and they were just incredible playing classical music as well. Mm-hmm. So I thought, why not? And then Dwayne's uh, wife, Ingrid, said, oh, my husband plays accordion, and he has a band called Cafe Musique. And I was like, oh, does he need a violinist? And uh, she said, well, um, no, he has a violinist now, but you never know. You mm-hmm. should just call him. So I called him and told him my background, and he said, well, I already have a violinist. And so some a year went mm-hmm. by, and I would call him every four months or so. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> You really wanted to play. Yeah, I just kind of kept it up. And the day that I was driving back from Fresno, um, from the orchestra that I was playing and mm-hmm. did freeway philharmonics, mm-hmm. all the freeway philharmonics, um, Dwayne called me and I was on Highway 41 and he said, hey, want to join Cafe Music? We just lost our violinist. Mm-hmm. And I pulled the car over and I muted the phone and screamed. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yay, yay. So that's how it started. This I did not know. So. The lesson there is like, just, it's, it's good to be just... You know, just kind of keep a little them, bit, a little pushy, but not a pain in the ass. Just Remind kind of keep... them that you're there, right? Still wanting it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. And so I listened to your new CD. So are you on the last couple of CDs, or how many? Actually, how many records have you guys done we, as a band? We have only just the, as two? the two. Okay. That's Cafe Music, and Bryn is on both of them. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that was what three years ago when you uh, came on board. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. It was like November. Um, November three years ago and then we made our first album in February mm-hmm. okay. it was 2008 so it and with fast. with Bryn joining the group it it, it raised the bar mm. uh, her musicianship and her talents and her experience really kind of put us in, on a new focus mm-hmm. on what we could do with our music and um, as a result of that the, the dancer came out our first CD mm. um, taking a lot of the music that the band had already been playing mm-hmm. um, and then adding um, some pieces from Piper um, mm-hmm. that she brought to the, uh, to the repertoire, such as her Handel's Hideaway. Um, and then Craig, don't we have one of his originals? I can't remember. Uh-oh. I don't think so. No, not on no, that album. No, of which yeah. we have uh, a couple of his tunes mm-hmm. on, on uh, our second CD, Catching Your Breath. Okay. Um... And uh, pretty much Craig and Piper and Bryn all came on board at the same time. Okay. And speaking of raising the bar, let's talk about your background. Oh, my gosh. Because <clears throat> you, well, you, your original intent wasn't to do French gypsy jazz music on the Central Coast, right? You had a different kind of training. Well, whoops. No. My, my, uh, the thing I really, really wanted to do was uh, play in, in an orchestra. I thought so. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I had been in many orchestras, and then I was living and working in the Netherlands playing in orchestras, and then I came back, and I knew I wanted to learn more about just playing expressively and Mm -hmm. and playing outside of the box and improvising, and I had gone on many journeys in in Europe with my violin and my backpack and played with people and kind of, you know, 
So you absorbed slowly. a lot of you absorbed a lot of things on the, along the way. Yeah, and I used to listen to a lot of world folk music when I was a little okay. kid. I listened to this woman called her name was Gula Gill, G U L A G I L L, and she she recorded every single folk tune from every part of the world. And um, so I just I persevered. Mm-hmm. I just went got going on the improvising, and. Um, I play a, a classical house concert series that I made myself mm-hmm. called Parlor Performers with a Pianist. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to open it to other genres. I play middle in a Middle Eastern ensemble. I play contact dance, improv. And what's um, contact dance? Is Vin Martin and Soul in Motion, a static dance, if you've ever heard about a static dance. Um, it's improvisational dancing okay. um, to improvisational music. Wow. So basically hundreds of people can be in a room and... The bass player puts down a beat, uh-huh. and then the percussionist, and then and you put down the chords, and you just go. That sounds fun. And the fun. people dance. It's called ecstatic dancing. It's this huge movement from Portland, Oregon. Wow! I'll put a link to it and in the podcast. Yeah, the Eslon. I mean, it's all over the place. There's a magazine called Conscious Dancer, mm-hmm. and I'm really, really interested in doing more of that. And just whatever groups I've, I've played, some Celtic, some bluegrass. You know, if somebody asked me to. To record something on their album, I've had some pretty famous people come who, mm-hmm. who have moved up from LA and they're hiding in Cambria or hiding on right, the Central Coast. Right. They're like, "Hey, I heard that you're a good violinist, and I've heard your group. Can you come record?" So I'll do that and just whatever projects nice. come my way and teaching. Okay. So that's what I do now. But I played in the Boston Symphony, right? And the Pops, that was that's what I knew your background. Was... And uh, you know, played on John Williams movie scores because he liked to use the Boston Symphony oh, for okay. his right, movie right, scores. Right, right. Um, and played with the Baltimore Symphony. I traveled all over the world with those orchestras, and um, uh, just had all my experiences pretty much in my twenties mm-hmm. and thirties as far as that was concerned. But I really didn't want to see the same people for the next thirty years of my life. Mm-hmm. And be stuck in a section of an orchestra inside oh, the violin section, having to play uniformly As like everyone written. else, which yeah. is yeah. what you do when you play an mm-hmm. orchestra. So Cafe Musique allows me to, you know, make stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> um, For lack bring, of a better, yeah, yeah, better term. Bring the classical aspect to it. Raise, raise but keep it loose far, and do what you feel like. But also learn from these guys yeah. who have been in, in this genre of music forever. And your lineup is, you know, accordion, fiddle, stand-up bass, guitar, and... And vocals. Yeah. Vocals. Percussion. Uh, you say percussion, because mm-hmm. that, that's a big part with... Um, Piper Heisick. Mm-hmm. She's our, our lead vocalist and percussionist, mm-hmm. and um, she also uh, produced both albums okay. with the sound engineer Rick Sutton from Sutton Sound Studio. Yeah. In, uh, it's a great band. sounding record, too. It's really nice. They worked a long Thank time. You. Many, yeah. many hundreds of where's, where's the studio at? Of hours. In Atascadero. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of a, a, a thinly veiled secret that's been there for about 30 years, yeah. and Rick has had um, you know clients uh, worldwide. Mm-hmm. Nashville, uh, famous names mm-hmm. that he's done uh, um, sound engineering for and, and recording, um, so we feel real fortunate to be able to work with uh, with Rick. Well, and part part of my sort of like it's not not subversive, but I love doing these interviews, especially people that have recorded locally, because I'm looking at my third CD and want to do something different. So I get all these great insights on all yeah. these recording people I've never heard of. So it's, it's always nice to kind of like yeah. dig around after the fact after I talk to people. Yeah, feel free to touch base with us yeah. if uh, you're at all interested. So sure, just two miles or two hours down the road. 
That's easy. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I, I really didn't know anything about the business aspect uh-huh. of things, you know, marketing and stuff until I met Dwayne. Yeah, it's a whole other and piece. And he basically taught, you know, taught me, you know, when I would make a poster mm-hmm. for Cabin Music, it was so wordy. He was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it was beautiful and everything, but right. it was just like, he, you know, sim- to make it simple, less is more. Well, there's more. an art to that, too, because you want to, how much, how much stuff do you put in and how much attention, that, that's actually a good sort of side conversation is when you're putting up your collaterals, how much... How much stuff is? How much text are people going to read? And the yeah. CD too. Like, right. how much stuff are you going to put There's in? How some. many people do read everything? Like, There's do you put a book? Do you spend the money for the booklet, or do you not? Yeah. Do people just are they just, they just going to rip it and put it on their iPod? Well, <laughs> no. These, these are <laughs> That's ba- what I do. it's a balancing act. <laughs> yeah, it's a real balancing act. We're finding with with our demographic. Uh-huh. Um, you know, we've got 40 to 90-year-olds mm-hmm. in, in attendance for our shows, and a good portion of this... Mine are 35 to 90, yeah. so yeah, it, that, it's, it's a... Well, yeah. we have some younger ones. We yeah. have younger ones, but a, a good percentage of our, our audience, uh, they want that scene. Generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're very happy right. with that scene. Especially when you're, when, you're, when you're doing so much live, people want to take something home. Right. Right. Some forty-something-year-olds yeah. came to me last night and mm-hmm. said, "Oh, we're gonna, we would like to get the CDs, but we're we're trying to downsize our CD collection and we're gonna download it." Mm-hmm. They uh, they just said that to me. Yeah. You know. So you have to have an internet presence. There's no. And the other the other way the other way around that is if you this is sort of a marketing side conversation, but I think it's valid. Is if you're if you want to. I don't want to say grab a buyer, but if you want to, if you want to have somebody purchase something while they're in the moment at a show and they don't want CDs, you get what are called drop cards. Have you seen those? Yes, yeah. Have. Yeah. No, they're they're about they're about a credit card sized thing, and they're usually f- low cost or free. And what you do is, they buy the drop card, and it comes with a website and a code, and they you can go on, they go home and they go to the website and they download the songs using that code. Oh, how interesting! So you so you still get a sale out of the show. You get some personal contact, and often with drop cards, you can put some extra stuff on there. And that's yeah. But you have to have the demographic that wants to download. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I've, I've actually thought about that. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I figured the effort that we would put into that probably wouldn't pay off. Right, right. Yeah. That, that's kind of yeah. How many people got that? That could change. And you know, a great consideration you're talking about your your demographic and your what I found is, um, if you're talking about the age, font size. <laughs> Like, how big are you going to print the text in your CD? So, what do you think, there, uh, Michael? Did we do okay with the font size? You know, if I hold it a foot away, it's fine, but my eyes are starting to... I was in denial about needing reading glasses for a long time, and I finally gave okay, up. Okay, how old this are you? 47. Oh, okay. I'm 41, and I just... This is good. It's this is getting a, farther and farther away. Right, right. Well, I was in, I was in Paso Robles, kind of down your way a while back, and we, before I played one of Steve Key's showcases, I um, went out for Thai food, my wife and I, and I was trying to read the menu, and I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And this woman at the next table who was about Here, 70 looked over. She said, do you want to borrow my reading glasses? No. Yeah. As far as your CD, the, the color is nice. It's very easy to read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks. So when you see like yellow text on a tan background, that's bad. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. yeah. So, so marketing aside, um, this is the question you probably hate, but describe your music. How would you describe cafe music? Yeah, you, you hit a tough one there. Yeah. You hit a tough one, but I, I will say, does the word fusion come up a lot, or well, hybrid, or identity or, crisis? Yeah, know, that's it, a real key to our band, and one thing that we really enjoy and, and work with is that we have five really different musical backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got uh, Craig coming from the folk singer songwriter mm-hmm. scene. You got Piper coming from the swing scene with. Um, 
Cats and Jammers. You've got oh, Brynn really? With her, okay, yeah. Right, and you have Bren with her classical background, and then you got a, a fellow from Austin, Texas, Fred uh, Murray, our bass. And then my background, my musical background, has really been with bluegrass. Really? Um, okay. I'm, I'm a banjo player. I've played in lots and lots of uh, bluegrass bands over the years. So you play a banjo and an accordion. Yeah. The, the, Do you get a lot of grief for that? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And the bagpipes are next, <laughs> if not the hurdy I was going to say, yeah. You know, but um, um, I did a radio show uh, uh-huh. for 16 years uh, on the public radio station, okay. San Luis Obispo Bluegrass mm-hmm. uh, radio show. Um, so you got these five different musical uh, That's backgrounds that our chemistry and our taste in music is so similar that almost 100% of the tunes that somebody will bring to, to the fold mm-hmm. will go, yeah, we love it. Right. And that's that's our, our rulers. We're just looking at uh, uh, music that sounds good and feels good. Mm-hmm. And the other standard I think that we hold up for a song is is there an emotional contact? Is uh-huh. there an emotional level that that song can uh, connect with mm-hmm. uh, to our audience? And that's uh, that's a big part. That's great. I think probably the, even though it's trite, the phrase "melting pot" might come in, but it's, it's a lot of different backgrounds, and you kind of just come together. And yeah, and I, I like the fact that there's all these different, especially on the first record, the, the, the new record. Excuse me. There's all these great instrumental pieces, and then my new favorite version of "Hallelujah" through this Leonard Cohen song. You know, like I said on the way out here, I just started blubbering in the car when I heard it for a lot of reasons. But it's yeah. a beautiful piece. It's really wonderful. And and for as famous as that song is. Mm-hmm. And for as many people that have recorded it, it it struck us emotionally, mm-hmm. even though, well, I'll tell you something, the band had not heard it. Many, many of the uh, band members really? had not heard it before. Um, I never heard the song until Katie Lang came out with it oh, okay. on her 49th Parallel. Uh-huh. And it just, you know, I played it a hundred times. Um, and I thought, you know, we, we ought to do this song. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of people uh, in our audience that have never heard mm. it. So it's real interesting. It's either people are incredibly mm. familiar with it, mm-hmm. or they've, they have no idea who Leonard Cohen is. And we get the yeah. oohs and ahs afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So there's still a lot of ground there to work with, and we, we feel so comfortable playing this song. It's great. And the and fiddle just, our just it. it's beautiful on that piece. And I, I, think, I think that song, Holly, in particular, at least for me, it's one of those songs like... Like Dylan's "I Shall Be Released," it's been covered by everybody, but every, it's a great song. And everybody gives their own spin on it. I think it's one of those songs where you can pour your passion into it. Yeah, yeah, and it's a, it's an easy song. It's, it's also probably for concerts. It's an easy song for people to sing along with, which is probably nice too. Yeah, yeah. well, we haven't had too much singing along yet. Oh my gosh, you could hear a pin. They're transfixed. Really? Oh, they're probably. Yeah. They're transfixed with Piper's voice. Oh, okay, um, she really sings it with yeah. just so much emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. And her phrasing is kind of different in the chorus than you typically hear it, I notice. Yeah. The high she hits, it's yeah. a little different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. so I was singing along in the car, and all of a sudden, she's going up here. Wow, this is nice. So it's different. Mm-hmm. So you gave, it your, you gave it your own spin, or she did, or all so, of you So, you know, did. Leonard Cohen will probably never hear it, but... Uh, you never know. You never know. <laughs> you know. You may be out there taking uh, taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Leonard. <laughs> in case you're listening to this, are you, are you in there? Right. I'll include a section of that on the, at the end of the episode. So, um, so what, what are your travel plans lately? Because you, you're up here, you're down in. Are you Cambria located? Central, you're kind of. Central Coast. Central Coast. San Luis Obispo yeah. County. Okay. We're all over the county, but we come together usually in San Luis for rehearsals. Mm-hmm. And the. Um, 
You know, the band has done a lot of traveling uh, mm -hmm. individually, though, the sure. individuals in the band. Uh, Piper with Cats and Jammers, uh, you know, worked the entire nation. Craig, who uh, performed with uh, his musical counterpart, Dennis Lambert, mm -hmm. uh, known, as, uh, uh, known as Lambert and Nuttycomb, um, back in the late 60s, early 70s, traveled worldwide. Uh, under A&M Records mm -hmm. and opened up for a lot of famous people including Jimi Hendrix. They, they opened up for Jimi's last concert. And um, we like to joke and he's still here to tell about it. He's still here to yeah. talk about it. Uh, Craig is. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, um, you know he, they were in the fast track. Yeah. And yeah. So there's there's been kind of a collective agreement that we're not going to jump on the road and do 300 dates a year and go. You've kind of you've country. kind of done that. You've We've kind been of there. You come together because you want to make the music yeah. and play the crowds, but yeah. maybe not pile into a van and travel to Tennessee. So we're we're a California van, yeah. um, and and that's our market, and mm -hmm. we're we're working the whole state. Good, um, good. And, and we're, we're in that process. Mm -hmm. um, that's our goal, yeah. is to pretty well Get into some festivals. Here. I mean, just I'll like say, every it, other band. Probably a great festival band. We, uh, just, we're we, got, we've gotten like yeah. that close, so close to getting into a couple different festivals. Mm -hmm. And then finally, at the last moment, they write us the Dear John letter. Yeah. But we'll, uh, I won't mention any names or festivals, mm -hmm. but uh, we had a fellow in the crowd last night who was a producer of a big festival mm -hmm. um, here in California, and he came up to us and said virtually that you're on. You're on, yeah. Very cool. Um, so we're, we're, we're ecstatic that yeah. the, the potential is there, mm -hmm. and, and that would be you know, the highlight for us. Yeah. We would love to work the, uh, the festival circuit. It sounds like a really, like a music. perfect band for a festival, I would think. Yeah. Well, we're in agreement, so <laughs> tell you what, and I'll, I'll totally give you humble. some phone numbers. Okay. 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 Well, when calls. we stop recording, I'll throw some names at you, too. So. <laughs> cool. Well, thanks for your time. I, I'm sorry, I mean, I'm glad I had a gig come up tonight, but I'm kind of sorry it did, too, you know, but we'll yeah. definitely see you next time you come through. Yeah. It's definitely a You're different nervous. dynamic. Good. Yeah, yeah. and please we'll actually do. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, thank We're thank going to be at um, Don Quixote's oh, when? on October 31st. On Halloween. In the, in the You're daytime. Playing daytime. We, we decided to do an afternoon so that the demographic of people can come and cool. still get to your Halloween party later on. Okay. Yeah. So let's pretend we're recording this three months ahead of time, and three months ahead of time, and this is going to promote your Don Quixote show. Oh, so sure. on October thirty first, go see Cafe Music early show. At, you know, three o'clock before well, you don your costume. It's actually going to be at one o'clock. Oh, one o'clock. One o'clock oh, at nice. Don Quixote's. So uh, that way you can have uh, you can have lunch and and fries. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. Mexican food. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Great Mexican yeah. food. Yeah. yeah. Well, so one o'clock at Don Quixote's in Felton. <laughs> And uh, yeah, It'll be a two-hour show. Nice. Uh, Mister we'll Miller's uh, brought us back for the second time. Good. So. Tommy's a good guy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really yeah. nice. Really enjoyed working. Yeah. On He's a good guy. Cool. Well, thanks again. Right, See you Michael. later. All right. Thank you. Our pleasure. Yep. There's nothing like doing an interview when they're setting up for a house concert, moving chairs ten feet away. But you take these things where you can get them, and I'm sure it was a fun show. From what I hear, it they packed the place in, and it was fun. And if you're local, you can still get a chance to see them. Again, Cafe Music is playing at Don Quixote's Music Hall on October 31st, doing a 1 p.m. Halloween matinee. And you can find more information about that by going to cafemusic.com. That's C-A-F-E-M-U-S-I-Q-U-E.com. Or go to my site, michaelgaither.com. Click on Songs and Stories 97. And there's all kinds of nifty links that go with that interview. I failed to mention the entire band. Uh, we talked again with... 
Bryn Albanese on viol- who plays violin, and Dwayne English, who plays accordion with Cafe Music. The rest of the band is Piper Heisig, who you heard there singing on Hallelujah there at the beginning of the piece. She does percussion, ukulele, harp, guitar, flute, uh, and vocals, obviously. Fred Murray plays bass, and Craig Nettycomb um, plays guitar and provides additional vocal support with Cafe Music. So again, I want to thank um, Dwayne and Bryn, and I want to thank my friend Marky, who let me do an interview while she was trying to move chairs around us <laughs> while setting up for a show. Also, to get in a couple extra plugs, again, I'm playing a show with, or Sherry's playing a show with me, or I'm playing a show with Sherry. Uh, Sherry Austin, Steve Kritzer, and I will be at the Carlitos Cultural Center on October 17th doing an In the Round there. It's kind of a closing concert for open studios, so that's going to be a lot of fun. It's a great room. I'll be at Far West the weekend following that on the 22nd doing a bunch of late-night showcases, and I get to MC, and I think I get to moderate a panel as well. So uh, it'll be a fun weekend to kind of schmooze and hang out with some of the tribe and artists and music supporters, and that's always a lot of fun. And then on October 30th, on Saturday, I'll be at Rudon Smith Winery in Scotts Valley with my band, uh, along with Michelle Chapel, Rob Hastings, and the Babiara Scott Band, providing some music for an evening of, or evening, evening, afternoon of wine tasting. I think I need some wine tasting. <laughs> it's been a long week. Uh, that's all coming up this month in October. And uh, coming up next in Songs and Stories, I'm not quite sure. My friend Steve Acello has a pretty special project coming up, and we're trying to find a time to get together so I can do a show and promote it in time for October. But that's kind of up in the air. Hopefully it'll be Steve Acello. If not, it will be definitely somebody else. I've got about four things in the queue, and I'll just kind of toss a coin to see who comes up next in Songs and Stories. Uh, and I've mentioned this a couple of times, but episode 100 is coming up very soon, and I have a, I'm, I'm holding on to this very special interview I did last summer, and that'll be episode 100. It's a she. You're going to be very impressed. So was I. Uh, that'll come up probably in about a month or so. Uh, as always, thank you for your time, whether you caught this on my website or in iTunes, or you heard this on Casey Cafe Radio, or possibly Grateful Dread Radio. I really appreciate your time and support, and your, the time to take these things downloaded and hear what these artists have to say. It's a nice way to get word out about people you probably haven't heard about and hopefully should. So thanks again. I'm Michael Gaither. This is Songs and Stories. We'll talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>